Thank you for listening to Popcorn on Your Knee. We recognized in post-production that the sound quality in the episodes you're about to listen to is a little off from what we normally produce, and we hope that you can overlook the sound quality because the content is as fantastic as you have come to expect. So enjoy the episode. from viewers like you. We are your hosts, Justin and Kelly. We are continuing on our 100 movie bucket list scratch-off poster. And this week, we watched Casablanca. Yay, Casablanca, which I had never seen before. I've Kelly, seen did you see it? Like, I think middle school or high school. Yeah, I think I mentioned that the last time was like, I watched it around high school because I thought I, I should know this movie because, you know. I'm a high school girl. <laughs> sure. Did you remember very much as we were watching it? Um, some scenes I remembered. Okay. Like, but I forgot the plot line. Yeah. Like, I just yeah. remembered certain scenes and then was like, well, you remember, like, when I grew up, I grew up in a house where there were three other boys and we only had one TV mm. in the main room. <laughs> Probably so, not what was on the TV a lot then. No. And when you were watching something, everything else was going on too. Yeah. So, sure. You know, sure. It wasn't a big house. So, there were... Lots of things going on. So we'll call this a anyway. mostly fresh mostly viewing fresh. then. Yeah. Sure. Uh, one of the most quotable movies, that was one thing that stood out to me as I was watching it, was, oh, that quote's from this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, that quotation's from this movie. <laughs> so we'll maybe talk about some of those here in just a little bit. As always, we break apart our podcast into three sections. First section, we talk about some uh, background to the cast and crew. Second act, we get into maybe some behind the scenes and fun facts about the movie. And then act three, we discuss our thoughts, reviews, and give our candy score. And from this week, and maybe from here on out, we'll also include why is this movie on the list of the 100 movies bucket list. So let's dive into it. As always, we begin with our own personalized summaries. This one was a little tricky. I, I, I'm I starting didn't to look know forward that. to these. Like, okay, all right, well, the pressure's on. Pressure. Okay, here's my best. A bourbon-drinking James Bond discovers the only thing stronger than love is defeating Nazis. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we'll kill some Nazis. <laughs> that's, that's what I got. How about you? Tarantino it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah, I tried to be clever, but nothing really. It didn't really lend to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, American expatriate decides between his embittered feelings against a woman he loves and saving her patriot husband. Also, there's good music. It's true. All right. We like that. The film is directed by Michael Curtis. Curtis with a Z. He's Hungarian, so it's probably like Curtis. Sure. Could be. Curtis. That's one I'm thing. Look that up. <laughs> How do you pronounce this? We don't get that far into these things. He doesn't care. Uh, something that was funny to me, though, is for as famous as this movie is, uh, and on the American Film Institute's 100 Years, 100 Movies rating, it comes in as number two. You know what number one is? Oh, Citizen Kane. Always yep. gets number one. Sure. For some that. reason, yeah. Haven't seen it, so right. maybe it deserves it. Um, but anyway, what, what kind of struck me was that I don't know that I'd ever heard of this director. For as famous as this movie is, you know, the director's name doesn't 
connect with the movie I mean, as much. He's, this is the only movie he ever gets an award for. So. Oh, well, we'll talk about some of his other ones here in just a little bit, but yeah. You'd be surprised. There was one more. Maybe you'll, you'll recognize. Uh, there's one more film that we've seen a lot that okay. he directs. Okay. More on that later. Awards. The film was nominated for eight Academy Awards. It won Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Writing. This may be one of the first movies on the 100 movies bucket list that won Best Picture. E.T. E.T. won Best Picture. And, uh, no. One not best picture. Not yeah, one best animated, but not best picture. Yeah. So I, which is interesting. And maybe we'll get into that at some point here as to a, a lot of these movies that we've watched. We say, Oh, they were nominated for this and nominated for this, but they don't win. Mm-hmm. And yet they outlast. Because the Academy is weird about picking winners. That's true. And here in just a little bit, we will probably push pause on our 100 movie bucket list and get into this year's Oscar nominated yeah. or Once Academy nominated movies. Come out. Yep. But for now, we'll continue with Casablanca. It has a Metacritic score of 100. Way to go, guys. That's really rare. Yep. Uh, 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I would like to see the the, the one critic that's like, no. no. This doesn't deserve. Yeah. Uh, 95% fresh uh, audience score like on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just going to say no. It was like the one guy um, when Toy Story 3 came out. Okay. And uh, gosh, I forget his name now. But Toy Story 3 came out. It was, yeah, everybody everybody it. was Everybody loved it. Everybody was fresh. And this one critic came out and ruined because Toy Story 1 had 100%. Toy Story 2 had 100%. And then he gives he it a, a – Yeah, he wanted to be that guy. Um, anyway. Okay. Yeah, so – 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. What do you call, what do you call a male Karen? Uh, is there anything that's Brad. a male Karen? We have a nice neighbor named Brad. We do. Sorry, Brad. <laughs> Dave. I'm, I know a lot of good Daves. <laughs> yeah. No, it would be something like Gerald. Maybe there's a good Gerald. I don't know. Is there such a thing? <laughs> Jerry, maybe. Jerry? I don't, I don't know. know. Who Jerry. would be the... Oh, yeah, that's true. All right. Okay, we failed that one. <laughs> We're back. The, the film Carl. is... <laughs> Kevin. I have an Uncle Carl. Oh, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> There's a Carl in this movie. There is a Carl in this movie? Carl the waiter. Anyway, oh, yeah. I'll talk about him. Okay. okay. We'll get back to him. I forgot that we had a guy named Carl. The film is based on... <laughs> I don't get into all of them. The film is based on an unproduced play called Everybody Comes to Rick's. So the play uh, is written... 1941 or so. The film comes out in 1942. And uh, pretty much as soon as it was written, Warner Brothers uh, wants to buy the rights and make a film out of it. And they do, and it's Casablanca, and uh, it goes on to, you know, to be the success that it is. After decades of back and forth about rights, because they, the, the writers of the play will, let's go ahead and make it a play and, and see how it does. And Warner Brothers was like, no. It's called Casablanca now, and it's a movie. That's how they sound, too, That's when they're right. talking in the boardroom. Hey. No, <laughs> it's not that way. It's a movie. Um, but eventually, <laughs> it was finally produced as a play in 1991 in London, yeah. where it runs for six weeks. Apparently, it was, less than that. It was better. Like yeah, a little... month later, yeah, closed. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so not great. But, you know, it's funny. It was like it, I could tell. Uh, probably about 10 minutes into it, I asked. I was like, was this based on a play? You did, yeah. And it the, says it in the opening credits at the oh, bottom. I missed that part. Like, yeah. oh. but, but it felt like it. It felt like this could easily be 
uh, via play. You could tell how like people were blocked yes. as they were entering mm-hmm. the cafe. Like that's what made me think of it at first was, you know, this is basically one set. There's a few other you know, right. things. Right. But it was the way people were moving yep. that I felt like, oh, we're seeing this person over here and this person says something over here and then they're yes. walking over here, but we're also meeting this group of like, people aren't talking until right. the focus right. of movement is yes. on them. And that's yeah. very much like a play. And there's a lot of talking. There's a lot of talking. Uh, lot of it's it's a very yeah, it's a very talky talky film. Do you know those writers, Murray Burnett and Joan Allison, were the writers of the play? Mm-hmm. Um, they sold they sold their to Warner Brothers for twenty thousand dollars initially as a sum. Forty one. That's mm-hmm. not a lot. But then when they were like wanting to do it as a play, yeah, and they actually filed suit with Warner Brothers mm. to try to get it like in the eighties, and were, they lost, of course, because it's like sorry, it's contractual. But in order for Warren Brothers to keep the rights, and then they said, yeah, you go ahead and do that play. Yeah. They gave them $100,000 each <laughs> to kind of like pacify. All right. Well, then the play only ran for six something. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, at least they got their money out of it. I I they suppose. used the money to like produce the play. <laughs> it sucks to be there. <laughs> Whoops. Anyway. The, the film stars Humphrey Bogart. I call him Bogey. That's my nickname for him okay. that I just made up right now. Okay. That's- it was right. also what everybody called him, because apparently that was his nickname. He stars as Rick. He is dubbed the greatest male star of classic American cinema. Wasn't that one of our trivias a few It ago? was from a few weeks ago. And he, he is number one, which is funny, because uh, having now seen this movie, this is the only movie that I have ever seen him Wasn't in. Wasn't he in Maltese Falcon? He was, and I you haven't seen see it. That? I have not is seen that Maltese on our Falcon. List? Uh, I don't believe Falcon? it is. I've seen the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Different thing? Sure. Okay. Uh, in the 1930s, he plays several gangster. African and Queen? You didn't see him in the I have African not seen African Queen. That's a good one. I, I believe it. Okay. Do you just want to finish doing the list? No, of go ahead. Sorry. Movie? I was just... <laughs> go ahead. My my viewership of uh, apparently I 40s and... Movie. I'm like, that don't... My no. viewership? What? Yeah. No. The, the 40s and 50s movies that I have seen apparently are very limited. So... Maybe this will improve that. Your grandparents weren't into the movies or something. I don't know. Uh, they watched them at their house. And you just never watched them, like with them. I guess not. I was playing with Transformers or something. Oh. So in the thirties, he played several gangster roles, several villain roles. Uh, his first big break is High Sierra, nineteen forty-one. Then the Maltese Falcon, also nineteen forty-one, which created that classic film noir detective look mm-hmm. uh which I, I think that lasts that i recognize you know that yeah when you think of it was a dark and, and stormy like, night yeah it's gotta be him the He's woman the in one red yeah, come, yeah. <laughs> guy noir from um yeah. prayer home companion yeah. yeah okay uh yeah so that that he creates that look casablanca is his first romantic role uh, he also stars in Sabrina with Audrey Hepburn. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I say, yeah, like I've seen it, but I haven't. Uh, the African Queen, which he gets his, um, he wins his Oscar for yeah, Best Actor in African yeah. Queen. To, in with Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. He They're does, cool together. Oh, she an African Queen also? Yeah. Uh, Catherine I, I don't. Oh, Catherine Hepburn. Different Hepburn. Yes. Were they sisters? No. I should know no. this. No? No. Mother-daughter? All right. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> also Time starring for an education, my friend. <laughs> Ingrid Bergman as Ilse, I- Isla. Isla. Ilsa. Isla. 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 
<laughs> yes, Miss Isla. Mm-hmm. As Elsa. It's not Elsa. We're just going to. Okay. So, in her career, and in, in, okay, I haven't seen any of her other movies either. I saw for him the bell tolls. All right. That's. Was fairly right near this one. It's true. Uh, but in her career, she earns three Academy Awards, two Emmys, a Tony, triple threat. Yeah. And four Golden Globes. Good for her. Yeah. She is ranked the fourth greatest female actress of classic Hollywood. All right. Here's your quiz. Oh, dear. Who is in the top? Is Audrey. She is number three. Is Catherine. She is number one. Judy Garland. She is not in the top five. Um, Give me the beginning letter. B. Betty Davis. As in Betty Davis. She is number two. (laughs) Woo! 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 Thanks, Grandma. That's Nice. (laughs) She was my Hollywood gateway. Ah, gateway. Betty Davis. No, my grandma's my grandma was oh, I Hollywood you. gateway. Yes. to knowing these things. Well, she succeeded. I don't have these written down in front of me at all. You're doing amazing. She's definitely from my brain. All right, who's number five then? Who rounds out the top five? Give me the first letter. G. Uh, Greta Garbo. As in Greta Garbo. Well done. Yeah, I would have failed on those. Clueless Miss Bergman uh, also stars in For Whom the Bell Tolls, which you just mentioned. Gaslight. Oh, that is Angela Lansbury. Oh, I haven't seen it. The Bells of St. Mary's, which I may have seen, but that's like a Christmas movie that could be. Yep, that nobody watches. Um, that, That Christmas movie. Right, we haven't watched it in 20 years. Yeah, because we're watching Die Hard Christmas time. The greatest Christmas movie of all time. Family Stone. That's also a very good Christmas movie. Joan of Arc. She does. I have seen that. I haven't. When I was younger, because I was entranced with Joan of Arc. She's in the movie. She stars as Joan of Arc. She does three films with Alfred Hitchcock, but none of the ones that I've seen. Um, <laughs> we don't need to mention them. <laughs> All right, Spellbound, Notorious, Under Capricorn. Okay, no, I didn't. Yeah, uh huh. Thought so. Anastasia, the 1956 Anastasia. Yes. She's in that. That was it. And the 1974 Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, that's I haven't seen that one. Two mentions of Murder on the Orient Express that now we have covered in this pod. Mm-hmm. I forget who our other person was that was in that. All right, I'm only going to do five of these actors. Yeah, even though there's. A cast of about 16, 22. I think, speaking. 22 speaking. speaking. It was expanded to 22. Wow. It was a 16 in the original play. That's yes, what it was. correct. Paul Henreid as Victor Laszlo. He was uh, mainly a stage actor. The only two standout films of his were Casablanca and Now Voyager, which was opposite Betty Davis. Hey. Uh, see, it all circles back around. The fourth actor we want to mention here is Claude Rains as Captain Louis Renault. Whom I loved. Mm-hmm. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. And maybe a stronger actor than even Humphrey Bogart. As far as just his... Well, he's a character actor. Yes. For sure. Yeah. His presence was yep. pretty thick. Just fantastic. Uh, he is described as at his best when playing cultured villains. <laughs> which makes sense for him. He also starred in The Invisible Man. Okay. The Adventures of Robin Hood. Yes. Also directed by... Michael Curtis. Curtis. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, The Wolf Man, and Lawrence of Arabia. Hey. And lots of other things. Uh, oh, and The Greatest Story Ever Told, hey. which I had seen. Okay. I've seen, I've seen more of his films than I've seen Humphrey Bogart's or Ingrid Bergman's. 
What does that say about me? The last one I want to mention is Kurt Boyce as the pickpocket. Okay. Okay. Out of everybody, that's who you're going to pick? Yes. And here is why. So homeboy Kurt here uh, is born in 1901, begins acting in short films in 1907. You know, like when people are discovering how do we make these things. Yes. He dies in 1990. um, And I think his last film that he was in actually comes out in like 1992, which puts him in film for over 80 years. Wow. He has one of the longest acting careers of any actor. It's pretty remarkable. It is very cool. When you look through the films that he's in, I haven't seen any of them except Casablanca now. But <laughs> he is, yes. So I thought that was cool, and he deserved a shout-out for that. We appreciate you, Kurt. The film directed by Michael Kurtitz. Kurtitz. Michael, we'll call him Kurt also. Okay. So he directs 102 films for Hollywood. Before he goes to Hollywood, he had directed like 30 or so films in Europe. Okay. So that's like all this guy does is just, hey, let's direct a film real quick uh, and and move on with it. We mentioned, yeah, Adventures of Robin Hood. (laughs) He directed Angels with Dirty Faces, which I hadn't seen, but I can only imagine – that it was what's the one in uh, in Home Alone? It's like oh. angels with filthy souls. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's the spoof on that, probably. Yes, yeah, I guarantee it's like that. Um, <laughs> and he dressed Casablanca, Snakes. right? I know I've heard that name. Snakes. <laughs> Keep the change, you filthy animal. Um, he does some musicals like Yankee Doodle Dandy and White Christmas. I didn't either. Now, when we watch that at Christmas time in between Die Hard, Die Hard. and Die Hard Family Stone, Stone. Iron Man 3, also a Christmas film. Not a Christmas movie. <laughs> then we'll see his name. And right. Like, oh, we, now we've seen two of his films. Yeah. And Yankee Doodle Dandy. That is all I have for cast, crew, directors, and background to the film. We'll take a quick break and be right back. And we're back with Act Two. Fun facts about the film. (laughs) What'd you find for us this week? Well, okay, so let's talk about the quotables. Okay. All right, because you had mentioned earlier that there were lots of quotations. Like every time you're like, wait, that's from this movie? Or, oh, hey, I've heard that before. That's funny. They used that quote. And I'm like, no, Justin. This was the first time anyone ever said that. So you're like, oh. What are some that you remember? I I wrote them down. Oh, I wrote down the the six of the top. Ooh, I have one, two, three, four, five. I have seven. Okay. All right. So the first one. I have AFI's, American Film Institute's, Uh 100 Years of 100 Movie Quotes, which came out in 2005. They also rank this movie as number two. Yes. (laughs) So yeah, this movie's on a lot of movie lists. For sure. Actually. But it has Casablanca with six quotes. Okay. Six of the 100, and it has them ranked. All right. I have so seven. One of, oh, oh, my gosh. Okay. So number five on okay. the list. Why are you not doing number six? No, 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 no. 
What I'm saying is there's six and they are ranked in the top 100 quotes. Okay. So there's a lot of other movies in between. Oh, gotcha. So there's one of the Casablanca codes is at number five, one's at number 20, one's at number 28, one's at number 32, one's at 43, one's at 67. So they ranked movie quotes. So all movie quotes, this movie has what they're calling the number five quote. 100 years of 100 movie quotes. All right. It is going to be... Uh, here's looking at you, kid. It is. And yep. did you know that Humphrey Bogart improvised that line? No. He did. Wow. I know. He, he was so it. uncomfortable doing the romantic scenes, which, by the way, were the first ones that they had to shoot. Oh, wow. Because mm. Hen- Henry, Henry, the one who plays Laszlo, okay. yep. and the one who plays Renault, oh. were in another movie that wasn't finished. Oh, and so they're like, what are we going to so do? So just shoot the ones well, with, let's shoot with, the ones Humphrey, with and Humphrey and Ingrid. Oh, and he hated them because he was like, I don't know what to do with these romantic scenes. Uh-huh. It's not my thing, you know. And Bergman was confused because the script wasn't quite finished yet. And she didn't know whether she was supposed to really be in love with him or in yes. love with Laszlo. And Kurt Tease didn't know either yet. So right. he told her just play it in between. Oh, wow. And it was just interesting. done. Well, so it she always out. seemed pretty conflicted, didn't yes. she? She yeah. was like, Okay. I had heard that she didn't know up until like the day they were shooting if she was going to get on the plane or or not. Oh, yeah. They did. Which is really brilliant. Yeah, they didn't tell her who she was actually (laughs) going to be with. So then, like, I guess that look of surprise, you know, wait, what's what's happening here? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So the second one. Um,. I don't know. Go for it. This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Okay. This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Which is often misquoted. As I believe this could be the beginning, and they put a lot of words in front of it. But. Right. Yes. And this is to uh, Louis. Yeah. Which yeah, I, Louis I wouldn't Renault. have guessed. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So the last line of the movie. Yeah. Which was great. And it was dubbed in because they did the shot and then they right, right. dubbed it in. Later. Huh? Okay. Another misquote. Another misquote. Yeah. Play it once, Sam. For old times' sake. Yes, and it's not Humphrey Bogart that says the line. No. It's Ingrid Bergman it's Ingrid. that it says the line. It is not played again, and Sam. It's not played again, Sam. Most people know that now, but... Yeah. Kind of like it's not, Luke, I am your father. Yes. It's, no, I am your father. He forgot his name. His name was No. No. <laughs> Round up all the usual suspects. Yes. That's one. I didn't know. So, I mean, is that like the first time this phrase is said? Yeah. So the whole idea of the usual suspects yeah. is, is from this. Casablanca. That's neat. Yeah. Very cool. We'll always have Paris. Oh. That's been spoofed into other things. Like that got me. That line, it, it got me. It was I was sweet, like, oh, right? wow. We'll always have Paris. Yeah. And she, the the line is kind of said again when she talks about at least we'll have Casablanca. Right, right. But it doesn't have the same ring to it, really. No. Of all the gin joints and all the towns and all the world, she walks into mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I had heard that as like a famous movie quotation, but. Like people will. Like, it's a well said yeah. quote. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a well said line. And I, you know, and if you know it and you're in conversation, I think this is kind of why I wanted to watch it in my younger mm-hmm. years because people would play along with the lines, you know, of all the. Of all the burger joints right, and right, all the right, state. Right. And I'd be yeah. like, I know that's from Casablanca, but I've never seen the movie. So I'm just going to play along and be like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Joey. Where like he's Joey. like, <laughs> naughty. Where he's, oh, yeah. Ha, ha. Wait, what? Let me go look at that up later. And I, I think I know what the sixth one is. I did not write it down, but I was surprised it wasn't in the list. 
And it was, if you don't get on that plane, you'll regret it. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. No. <gasps> but you will. Six, seven. Hang on. We've done six. The rest of your life. Play yes, one, you Sam. Said you had seven. I do have seven. Have you done no, six? No, I did six. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm no good at being noble. But it doesn't take much to see that the problems of three little people oh, don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. That's right. That was yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. Neat. That was actually a pretty good uh, scene, too, um, with that one. Yes. That line. The original setting uh, was Lisbon, not Casablanca, but the writers changed it. Because, you know, all the planes are going to Lisbon. And then right. from Lisbon, they go to the U.S. Right. or right. the U.K., depending. Um, but they wanted Casablanca as the setting it sounds a lot more romantic yes it does it actually means white house though huh. casa oh yeah Blanca. sure anyway even though it's northern africa, africa. thanks mm-hmm. <laughs> um carl the waiter carl the waiter who's a very important role he's in it quite a bit he's the bigger guy with the glasses the one that like yeah 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 um, he reminded me of what's his name from um do, 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 from the other Christmas movie. From the other Christmas movie with Jimmy Stewart. It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, he reminds Clarence? me of, of Clarence. Yeah, no, no the, his the his uncle. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. 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 And I thought it might have been the same him, actor, but it's not. Is it? Yeah. yeah, Uncle Charlie. Nope. Oh Doesn't my goodness, matter. Uncle Billy. Billy. Uncle Billy. Very good. Anyway, but he was an added character, Julius and Philip Epstein, who were the twins who wrote the play, the which by the, the screenplay, which by the with somebody else, yeah, I can't remember his name. But they're the only as of 2016, and I don't think since since, since 2016 there have been twins that have won an Oscar. But mm. they're like the first and only oh. twins. Well, to that's have ever cool. Won, so that's kind of cool. So like that. Um, yeah. So he was just an addition to the the show because. The Epsteins were known to insert characters to add comfort okay. and wit and sure. humor. And that was one that they brought in. Kind of a sense of home. And this is known as a comfort film. Like mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we have a comfort film. Let's watch Casablanca. Even though there's like really horrible things going on in the movie. But right. it's all on the sidelines. So everybody comes to Rick's because it feels like. Yes. Everybody gets along, right? That kind of thing. Uh, As Time Goes By, written by Herman Hupfield in 1931, so 10 years before the movie was made, so it could not have been nominated for an Oscar. Oh, um, but it was recorded by Rudy Valley the same year. After the film, uh, the song was reissued by RCA Victor, but Dooley Wilson, who plays Sam, mm-hmm. which you didn't cover him in the no. thing, did you? But he, um, he was not singing it. In the re-recording because there was the musician's strike of 1942, oh. which lasted through to 1944. So they just reissued the Rudy Valley song. So if you look it up, yeah. as apart from the movie, it's going to be Rudy Valley singing it and not Dooley Wilson. Huh. Yeah, but it became a number one hit. Nice. Um, speaking of songs, one of my favorite parts in the whole movie is when the Germans... At the cafe, mm, yeah. stand up and yeah. sing Die Wacht am Rhein. Excuse my non German, but good. there we go. Which was just a patriotic song. Right. It was actually going to be the Nazi party's anthem, mm-hmm. but Warner Brothers decided not to do that because they're going to be showing the movies in neutral territory. Right. And then they might actually get sued by the Nazi party for copyright wow. laws. So they just put in Die Wacht am Rhein. 
And then the other, the, the people in the restaurant start singing, um, because Laszlo has the band start right, playing, right. uh, La Marseille, which is the French national anthem. And they sing and they sing and they drown them out. And it was yeah. so powerful. But do you know why it was so powerful? Like that part of the movie seems like, like the patriotism just mm-hmm. went sky high. Yeah. Because there are only three actors in the entire movie that were actually born in the United States. <laughs> okay. Majority yeah. of the supporting actors and the extras were actually European refugees. Oh, well, that's from the cool. War. Okay. So mm, our that's cool. um, Yvonne, who right, right. played by Madeleine Lebeau, like she had just defected yeah. from yeah. France to come and. I mean, so many of them. The man who plays the Nazi soldier. I saw this, yes. His yeah. wife is a Jew. Yeah. He's highly anti-Nazi. Yeah, like they had just escaped. They yeah. had just, there were so many stories like that. So wow. when they're going to sing these parts, like their emotion mm-hmm. is so real. real and mm-hmm. tangible. Um, so the three born in the U.S., of course, were Bo- Bogart, Humphrey Bogart, mm-hmm. Dooley Wilson, who plays Sam, and Joy Page, who okay. plays... The um, young Bulgarian wife trying to get a pass, right? Right. Anina yeah. for her and her husband. Yes. And she's asking Humphrey Bogart's character to get it. Which I thought was going to be like a setup, but it turned out yeah, it no. Turned out, they're no, just this, really trying to help showing, They're showing because yeah. because Rick goes and helps the husband win at right, poker, right. quote unquote. So that kind of just shows that when he's pushed to it, he's actually really compassionate and a patriot at heart, yes. right? So anyway, so Joy Page was Warner of Warner Brothers' stepdaughter. So she was. Oh. But those were the only three. Yeah, Conrad Veidt. That's his name. That's the Nazi, the Nazi leader. leader's okay. name. Yeah, so they immigrated to the UK in 1933 and then to Hollywood in 1940. So he's like wow. fresh yeah. in it, yeah. right? He said he would only play the part of the Nazi if the character had absolutely no redeeming qualities. He did not <laughs> want any sympathy for the characters whatsoever. I think he succeeded. Yeah. Of course, you know, I mean, the movie was meant to serve as propaganda for um, for that time period because about a week, if I'm remembering my dates correctly, and I might be mistaken, but it was fairly soon. I won't put an exact time yeah, to it, yeah. but it was fairly soon after the attack on Pearl Harbor, like within like a couple months. Yeah. So, so I did I did some mm-hmm. digging on this. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you here. Um because that that's what stood out to me, mm-hmm. and we'll probably talk a little bit more about this here yeah. uh, in our in third act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the play is written uh, in 1940, mm-hmm. 1940 and 41. Mm-hmm. So before the attack on Pearl Harbor, and there is definitely a sentiment of you know being neutral doesn't really help. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point you have to make a decision. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to join, join a side. side. Yeah. Um, and then so the film. Is it's probably being made late forty one, and then early forty two. So yeah, you have the attack on Pearl Harbor, yeah. December seventh, nineteen forty one, and then yeah, and then then you the, then the play come or then the film comes out probably mid nineteen forty two. Yes, and it was set for nineteen forty three, but they moved it up to forty two. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, to coincide with the Allied forces invasion of North Africa. Okay, okay, which is where it's set. So that was going on, like that's so that's in the news right now. That's so we're in gonna, the news, and we're going to play this movie right now. Yeah, way to use the time. Um, and Warner Brothers was one of the first and only studios at the time to actually purposefully make a stand. 
in okay. their movies. Mm. Wow. They borrowed quite a few of their head actors from other studios, um, gotcha. paying what they needed to pay to bring them over, you know, from Paramount, the, from Selznick, and to mm. get the film done. So when Heinrich's last line, the guy who plays Laszlo, is mm-hmm. his last line is something like, this time I know we'll win. I'm sure yeah. we'll win. Yeah. So it, that's pretty poignant. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, Ingrid Bergman wrote in her autobiography, she said about the film, every morning we said, well, who are we? What are we doing here? And Michael Curtis would say, we're not quite sure, but let's get through this scene today and we'll let you know tomorrow. <laughs> so, you know, nobody in the film really thought they were doing anything that significant. Right. Right. That, you know, she thought the, well, it was quoted as saying the, um, the script was kind of fluffy. Yeah. Didn't really, you know, Humphrey Bogart was was quoted as saying, like, this is the the worst film I've been in. Mm. Um, but at yeah. the end of the day, people loved it. Yes. Loved it. And over time. Because from what I, what I saw, yeah. that it wasn't like a huge hit. It was like, this is really a good movie. Yeah. I mean, it copped back. Amongst other World War II movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, For Whom the Bell Tolls came out. I mean, that was big. Ernest Hemingway, mm. you know, those kinds of things. But... Um, yeah. And people today still just adore yeah. the movie. Um, you can actually go see at the Academy Museum in Los Angeles, just opened this last December. It's the Academy mm-hmm. Museum. So it's all movie paraphernalia, sure. right? The doors to Rick's Cafe Only. are in there on display. That'd be cool to see. And the airplane that... Bergman and Heinrich escape on right. the tail end. Did you hear about this? No. Okay. The tail end of it is part of the wreckage on the jungle cruise at Walt Disney world. No. Yes. I know. So they crashed. <laughs> on it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So they're using Walt Disney world studios. Yeah. Using it. Oh, that's good. Yes. That's cool. Uh, Dooley Wilson playing our beloved piano player, singer, Sam mm-hmm. was actually a drummer. He did not know how to play the piano. So he's faking the entire time. The actual piano playing was a recording. Okay. But there was a piano player playing along with it, sitting off set that he could watch he could and watch mimic. Him. Oh, right. They did a good job. Yeah. There was one point where I wondered. I was like, is he, is he actually playing? Oh, yeah. Okay. Hmm. And whenever he would sing, you know, he would turn and sing up, you yes. know, and so you wouldn't see his hands, yeah. Yeah. that kind of thing. But he was the only member, the only cast member to have actually ever been to Morocco. Oh, so I thought that was interesting. Do you know how tall Ingrid Bergman is? Did you see that in her stats? Not at all. I'm going to guess she is 5'10". She is 5'10". Boom! Do you know how tall Humphrey Bogart is? I did see that he was shorter than her. Yeah, 5'8". So 5'8". Yeah, which is pretty, you know, you're 5'7". But that's pretty not tall for a man, especially if you're playing leading man in Hollywood. Robert Downey Jr., 5'8". He would have had to do the same thing. Yes. Leading man in golden age Hollywood. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so they had him on platform shoes, cushions. When he was with her. Oh, that's her. Cool. Yeah. So that he'd be taller. You know, that kind of thing. That's pretty common. I should get some platform shoes when I'm taking pictures with you. some bell bottom pants. Yes. Big white belt. Saturday it's coming night. back. It's all coming back. <laughs> um, Casey Robinson is a screenwriter. He rewrote all the romantic scenes. Fixing him mm. up and stuff. Um, but he turned down credit for it when offered, like, do you want credit for it in the, in the, what's it called? When they run the credits. In the credits? Yes. Mm-hmm. That was, that was like, I thought it would be a different, credits. I thought it would be a different <laughs> word because credit in the credits seems yeah. weird. So in these movies, the credits are all in the beginning. Yes. That's fine. That's true. So 
which I kind of love that about movies, I do too. right? Yeah. It's like when you're looking at the program before a play. Yeah. You're looking at it while the music is playing. You don't look uh, at it afterward. Know. No, they didn't have unions that were like, hey, our key dolly grip here needs to have his name up there too. So, and if you're the key dolly grip, man, you want your name up there. I worked on I this movie. I look for it. I so would I be like, for sure. I did it. I pushed that thing. <laughs> I held that boom mic. Um, where was I going with this? So Casey Robinson rewrote all the romantic scenes. He turned down the credit. Okay. Because at the time he was like, I'm only taking credit for entire screenplays. I only did a few scenes. Oh. So guess what's not on his mantle? Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Missed out on that one. Renault tells Rick uh, he knows that he ran guns to Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. I know your past. You ran guns, which is talking about Italy's invasion of Ethiopia in 1935. Okay. Well, in the Italian version, <laughs> the line changes. <laughs> because it becomes, we know you ran guns to China. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny because if you didn't have a political movie in a different language, you're going to change the politics, right? Well, I, I saw that even when they, they eventually released this in Germany. Oh, yeah. Um, and they cut out like all of the Nazi stuff. Wow. Yep. And yeah, it changes. I think they removed like 15 minutes of the movie. Uh, and yeah, it just kind of becomes a story about. People trying to, yeah, get away on a plane. Um, yeah, it was. It's, Some of the it's Germans weird. are like, hmm, what is 1941? <laughs> hmm, this movie doesn't what? make sense. Was, I wonder if something was changed. Maybe something's missing here. <laughs> well, I will tell you though, it has been a film that just inspires loyalty mm-hmm. and fidelity to your nation. So. Um, November 13th, 2015, we had the terrorist attacks in Paris that killed mm-hmm. over 130 people. And um, after that happened, the La Marseille clip from the movie was shared all across social media during that time. I was st- singing over, singing the, oh, over mm. the German. Yeah. The, the, the terrorists weren't German, but right. it's just that, that scene in that film was shared uh, with thousands over social media. And when the um, French soccer stadium, Stade de France, was evacuated, was being evacuated, um, the people in the tunnels, walking the tunnels, but the stair Mm -hmm. wells were were singing it, the same song. And it's just to think that span of time that it still has that effect. I mean, that's our national anthem, but still like that, that clip from the movie was shared so much longer because it just, Remember where we've come from. Remember who we are, what we've endured through all of our history. So anyway, it's pretty cool. That's, what That's cool. Oh, I wanted to give a shout out to Film Fracture and Mental Floss today for Very our nice. facts. And with that, we'll take a brief break. And we're back with Act 3. Our thoughts... And or more of our thoughts, I should say, and our candy score in a discussion on why should this film be included or maybe why shouldn't it be included in the 100 movies bucket list. All right, initial response, initial thoughts after watching the film. Yep. I felt happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is a nice feeling after <laughs> several well, we were kind of these of looking we, for, yeah, I think, yeah. you know. Um, it felt good. I felt like I had taken part of something that was important. Yeah. 
And it's, it's not necessarily like a ha- quote-unquote happy, feel-good movie because there's a lot of loss. Yes. What's well, funny, I, I mentioned at the end of last episode that we were <laughs> going to watch Casablanca, which I was excited to see a, a happy movie with a happy ending. So I it was totally riffing off of a quotation from Gremlins 2. I think it was Gremlins 2. Um, where they were, it was it's something that was kind of said in the future where they were like, now, Casa, don't forget, or don't miss Casablanca, now in full color and with a happier ending. So, so I was expecting a sadder ending, uh, than what it, than what it was. But it really, it, it wasn't a, a, a sad ending. Um, it was just not a Hollywood ending that you were expecting. Do you know what I mean? What, for her to leave her husband and run off with Bogart? Yes. I feel like if this movie were made today, yes, it would have been. Well, there's a reason for that. They were really in love and she's going to, she's going to leave with him and they're going to, you know, shoot Nazis from the plane as they're flying off and, (laughs) you know, and, and not the way that they didn't. (laughs) Yes. The noble thing. The noble thing. Yeah. Well, but, but see, um, okay, well, there's a story about that because in the 1940s, there were these things called censors. <laughs> and you remember the line that Ilsa says, Isla, sorry, Isla says, Elsa, I can't want to say <laughs> whatever, where she says, I was married, where she tells him, I was married. Right, right, yeah. And that's why I couldn't leave with you because I was also married to him when I met you in France. Yeah. I'm butchering the line. But anyway, they yeah. almost removed that line oh, because yeah. it was unheard of that a lead character in a movie that we're, we're supposed affair. to like would mm-hmm. be having an affair. Yeah. Okay. But they allowed it to stay in because later she explains that she had had reports that her husband had died in a concentration right. camp. Right. And so then that was okay. Yeah. But then late, and then at the end, you know, of course, like they rewrote the ending a couple of times Mm -hmm. to try to get it right. That, that she wouldn't know what was going on, but then this has to be what happens. Like you have to go with him and, and carry on, you know, what he needs. And, and Humphrey Bogart, you know, Rick has to join the fight again. And find a side, you know. Yes, which I really, which I think is the better ending, and I because I think I, I think ultimately that is what the film is really about. Though it it is you know it it's set in this you know this romantic dilemma as to you know this this kind of you know threesome or triangle here, uh, you know who is she going to pick? The decision ultimately is up to Rick and. Uh, it, what is he going to do? Mm-hmm. And is he going to choose you know, love of one person over you know, the the cause of of the nation or the cause of the world? Well, and lives of many, right? Yeah. And I think he sees beyond his own. Well, and he's really hurt at first. I mean, he's completely devastated that yeah. he, she's even come back into his life because mm-hmm. he had to get over the fact that. She left him at the train station without yeah. an explanation. Yeah. And you get the idea that that changed him. 
his mm-hmm. personality, mm-hmm. right? And now what did he say like three different times? I stick my neck out for nobody. Right. You know, yes. he's that kind of but yet throughout the film you see him showing compassion. Right. He's you know, he's playing a long distance chess game with a friend, you know, and yeah. he doesn't drink with any of the there's a trust there's trust issues definitely for that sure. you see, but he has a heart that he's even I mean, I'm just a businessman, you know, yep. like, uh, okay. But he treats his employees well. They respect him. He definitely has, like, a, a presence about him mm-hmm. when he comes in. And then you realize, oh, of course, there's a woman that's for you. That's <laughs> yeah, why you're That's why I called him James Bond. You know, he does. He, he has this, yeah, you know, I, I run a Top salon. And, right, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm this tough guy and, you know. I'm, I'm not scared of anything. Really, there's this woman. Uh, and and you she know. broke my heart. Right. And so that's actually why I'm this way. Yeah. And, and then she just comes in and he crumples. He yes. crumples. Right? Yeah. Uh, and that's something I really, really enjoyed about the film is the complexity of these characters. <laughs> just, yeah. You just, I mean, I, I like I like Bogart's kind of rough exterior and you know he's a bit of a of a pessimist about you know everything um neutral neutral ground i'm neutral ground nothing affects me but then you know you really get to see different sides of him and same same thing uh with ingrid bergman's character and and the 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 french chief there chief Mm -hmm. renault yeah renault the only one that i was that's kind of vanilla in the whole thing um is laszlo uh, or, yeah. or stiff, maybe a better yeah. word. And yeah. Just kind of, you know, I appreciate the fact that he wasn't like, you know, angry about, oh, is there something that happened that you want to tell me about? Um, you know, but he, he probably seems like the least developed uh, among, I don't know if that was the acting or if that was just the character. Yeah. The well, I think there was a psychological was a thing, I think, because I know they didn't have Ingrid Bergman ever kiss him. Like yeah, it's true. Was the head, right. the cheek, right. the, you know, mm. part of that may have been who, who I'm trying to protect you. I don't want people to know you're my wife. That that was part of the story yeah. as well. But there in Casablanca, people know. Right. But maybe it was just part of so much part of their relationship before. But it, I think it was also just, again, a psychological thing with the film where you see the development of, of Rick and Isla's characters in Paris, Mm -hmm. the development of their love and the devastation and the hurt and the pain and definitely passion that is juxtaposed with her. I mean, you can see that they respect one another. She and her husband, that they love each other. He says to her and she says, I know you do, you know, like she is not, she is bound by duty to him as, and promise as much as they are to their country and their cause. Mm-hmm. It's just a world that I think we've just lost. We have lost a lot of that in the mainstream. I yeah. think in the heartland and in the walls of our homes, we could use a little bit of that example from Casablanca. And maybe that's why it, it persists. Um, and so that's the question. Why? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it comes out in 1942. Mm-hmm. Um to to a, a moderately good you know reception, um, but what you know it was really at the time from all that I read that it was it was just kind of another World War II movie amongst these World War II movies. But over time, 
it has persisted. And I think some of it's the acting, which is phenomenal. Uh, I think the script is good. The script is very good, um, even though it seems talky. Uh, I, I don't feel like that they're wasting conversations. The rhythm. It has a good rhythm to it. Uh, which is a little fast, which is one clue to me that it was probably a a, a, a play. So I feel like you guys are delivering this quickly. Um, huh. I didn't really uh, on, yeah. catch that. Yeah. But I talk fast if right. I'm not thinking about it. Yeah. What would you find for The music is fantastic. I, you know, I, I think the filming is is really good. It, you know, it's shots are, are clear and purposeful um, and, and edited very well mm-hmm. together. I expected the movie to be two and a half hours or whatever. And it was like an hour, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it, it felt like it yeah. moved very quickly. Yeah. Okay. So all of those things may set it apart from other movies uh, of similar genre that come out in, in the early forties. Mm-hmm. But what do you think makes it last uh, and, and come in as number two in the hundred, you know, movies list? What do you think it is? So I knew you were going to ask this question, but I didn't. I don't know. I think there's just heart mm-hmm. in every face. Yeah. Even the Germans. Yeah. There's not really a bad guy. I mean, even the Nazi. The, I mean, you yes. know what they're standing for right. is, is horrible. Right. But when they're at Rick's, they're men. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they're not trying to rape the women. Right. They're right. not coming in there with guns blazing. Right. You know, they want to do a little bit of gambling and they want to do, you know. But and when, you they know get, when they when they get oversung, yes, they, they sit just down. sit down. They yeah. don't, like, yeah. arrest anybody, right. you know. Because um, Morocco at the time is free French territory. They're yeah. not occupied like yeah. France is. Right, right. But every person there is waiting for freedom. Yes. For yes. true freedom. Yeah. And these men are the symbol of their demise mm-hmm. and, their, and the destruction of their homelands. Yeah. So I think that is such a – that colors the background of the movie. Yes. And maybe some of it's that that desire, that, that waiting for freedom mm-hmm. um, that resonates with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it deserves to be on the list because – well, I guess I should say it deserves to be on the poster because it's number two on the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It deserves to be on the list um, because it's it's honest. It's yeah. an honest movie. Like you said before, like it wasn't your typical Hollywood ending like contrived. Right. Ending to things. And it didn't tell you how to feel. Right. Either. I hate when movies tell you how to feel mm-hmm. in the dialogue or like – this is, or they give me some kind of political, yeah. What's the word? Um, vitriol. <laughs> sure. Of just, I'm going to, I'm just going to regurgitate all my political things on you, and I'm going right. to, but I'm, but I'm going to say it to this character, but I'm really saying it to you all who are watching that this is how you should think and feel and believe. Yeah. I didn't do that. It was emotion mm-hmm. from the background of this relationship that was broken to. How is Rick going to get involved again, or is he going to actually stand up? You know, it yeah. just kind of felt like it was the reality of what would happen. Not, I think so too. Nobody yeah. told everybody else anybody else how to feel either. Right. I, I think the reality is that in most conflicts, you know, most of us. If you want to get it into the Enneagram, uh, I'm an Enneagram nine. Um, so at least me, you know, we we want to go for that neutral. 
Uh, I'm going to pick, you know, I'm not going to choose a side in this. I love how you said most of us. I just, there's most not of very us, many nines out there. Nine is the most popular six. of all. Okay. Six. six and, <laughs> right. Um, but I think, I think many of us, you know, want to choose that neutral, you know, what's, what's the way that I can just stay out of all the big conflict, try to cause peace or make peace if I can, um, or at least not stir things up mm-hmm. until it comes a point where you have to. And in the, and, and then, okay. So not just to get to the point where, all right, I guess I have to choose a side, but choosing a side now is going to cost me the woman that I love. Yeah. Cause they had reconciled and yes. I don't think we mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. There wasn't just like, we'll you broke my like heart, us, but you're cute. Yeah. No, right. I mean, they had reconciled and there was a chance yeah, they could have they could have run away, or she could have stayed in Casablanca. There was no reason that both. Well, there of them was had only one, right? Um, paper, right? Yeah, and yeah, Rick gets the second one. He does. Yeah, he does. She, right. She wasn't expecting that. Yeah. So I think that speaks to so really probably the greatest movies, the greatest stories, just have these simple themes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie has a very simple theme. Has a simple theme with complicated issues yep. around it and yep. in it, and I think that speaks to most people. You know, yep. they're not going to be in Morocco with a grand love story, right. With all of this, but we've all had senses of betrayal. Mm-hmm. We've had to make choices to where what are we going to sacrifice right. in our life, right? Um. For the sake of our own happiness or the happiness of others. Yeah. And it's really, it's, it's Rick's line to her about getting on that plane. You have to get on that plane. Mm-hmm. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to now. You might regret it. Yeah. Maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life. And he was really speaking to himself too. If yes. I don't do this, this will mark me for the rest of my life. He chooses the heroic thing. He does. The, like you said, the honorable, the noble, yeah. Yeah. the noble thing. And you don't feel, well, at least I didn't feel badly that he did. I, and that for me, I think makes the movie mm-hmm. because <laughs> I don't want to be entertained by something that I'm like, you really shouldn't have done that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And if you only you hadn't done this, these are people who are honest about their feelings. They're honest with each other eventually. And they do the right thing. One step at a time. Well, unless you have something else to add to it then, do you want to give our candy scores? Sure. You go first. I go first. All right. This is tough. I feel like because of its, you know, high score and, and all of that, that it should be a, uh, a hot tamale. And by the way, if you're new to our podcast, hi, welcome. Uh, and we rank all of our movies on a candy score that starts at Milk Dut. And then a lemon head, good and plenty, bunch crunch, and hot tamale. So I feel like it should get a hot tamale, but I'm going to give it a bunch of crunch yeah. because I really thought it was great. I feel like it, you know, it exceeded my expectations. Um, but I, I, I enjoy other movies more. No, that's fine. <laughs> like you, in a list, in a list of movies, you'd be like Casablanca. You didn't go calling your friends. I you really have to watch this movie. I did not. I did tell a few people the other day, though, that I was like, hey, Kelly and I watched Casablanca for the first time. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen it. 
<laughs> I was like, it's black and white. Well, then that ends this conversation. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. What'd you give it? Um. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna give it a bunch of crunch, but probably for a little bit different reason. Maybe. Okay. Um. It's funny that you said you feel like you should have given it. Yeah. Because <laughs> wait, all the data says right. that this is how we should be feeling about this movie, and I'm I really. I feel like I need to save my hot tamales for like that really that just kind of blows extra, away. yeah, blown away. And also ET. Oh, oh my! <laughs> I, we probably graded that one on nostalgia more than anything. It's a great movie. I will but, never admit that. Okay. <laughs> I, I nostalgia is a is a worthy thing to Absolutely. feel. Um. So yeah, no, I'm going to give it a bunch of crunch also because it's it's beautiful. I think it has lasting apparently obviously mm-hmm. it has lasting quality to it and i like old movies too yep. but again like it took me this long to even watch it again so right. it's not like i have other black and white or old hollywood movies in our movie cabinet that yeah. i yeah. would sooner watch yeah. um than this one so yeah bunch of crunch for me too well good deal. i almost went good and plenty but i thought that would not be fair oh come on <laughs> it's just to be controversial i guess i don't know let us know what your thoughts are about it. What score would you give it? You can find us on Instagram, Popcorn on Your Knee, or send us an email at popcornonyourneegmail.com. And that brings us to what is our next movie that we will be tackling? I think this one is Meryl Streep's very first movie, if I am really? not mistaken. Okay. The Deer Hunter. The Deer Hunter. Well, I think we watched a preview, and yeah. it's some kind of post-Vietnam uh, PTSD, like PTSD, maybe. like from, that and it's like early eighties or late seventies. Sure, I don't know. Well, all that and more on our <laughs> next episode. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or like us on Instagram or um, any kind of scoring that you can do on wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for joining us. Until next time, don't forget the popcorn.